welcome, fellow traveller, to the Tent Talks podcast, where we fight bad ideas with good ideas. Join Dr. Stephen Backhouse and friends as we pursue the renewing of our theological, social, and political imagination. My guest today is Louise Davis. Louise is the director of Christians on the Left, the support and resource network for Christians working in the British government and who identify with left-wing parties. Christians on the Left has members from the Labour Party, the SNP, some Liberal Democrats and the Green Party. Before becoming the director of this organisation, Louise worked as a pastor in Sheffield, her native city. She was the managing director of a community enterprise. She founded the Food Poverty Network. She was an anti-trafficking charity director and other great things to do with social and political engagement. I got Louise on the call to talk about what it is to be a Christian who is involved overtly in politics, what Christians can do for their politicians, and why and what would happen if a Christian was to go into party politics today. Louise is a great dynamo of energy, she's unfailingly positive, and she was an excellent conversation partner. I hope you enjoy this program. church in London and this church rented out their offices to a little group called Christians on the Left and I went upstairs to the offices and I sat down with Lou and her assistant and I really enjoyed just meeting her and having a conversation and that conversation led to me doing some work I do some teaching sometimes for Lou's organization and when I was thinking of people to talk to about what is it like to work as a Christian in politics Lou shot straight to the top of my list and specifically I stay away sometimes from the real partisan stuff but Christians on the left is part of Lou's job description so I wanted to specifically talk to somebody about being left-wing and uh and what kind of what does that mean in a British context and also what does that mean as a Christian some of the crunch points some of the points of tension and some of the points of confluence or congruence where the the, the two fit very well together so Lou, thank you for coming to the tent. I'm really it's glad you're here. It's great to be in the tent. Now, we're, uh, we're, vis- we're virtually in a tent. Where are you physically right now? I'm in my kitchen in Sheffield. That's where I am. So Sheffield is used to come down to London like all the time, didn't you? Because that's the centre of national politics. Yeah, so pre-pandemic, um, I would leave Sheffield a ridiculous time on Monday morning leave my husband and two children and come down to London for three days and yep. come back Wednesday evening. But uh, since the pandemic, I am discovering the joys of working from home. So yeah, that's why I'm uh, zooming in from my kitchen today. Well, I'm glad you did. I'm zooming in from my shed. So I'm, I'm back into my shed now. I've got a blanket wrapped around me and uh, I'm ready to go. This is great. So Lou, first of all, I mean, before we go into, I'm really interested in your story, where, where how you got to this point. but can you tell us just a little bit about your organization? So Christians on the Left, what, how do we describe that? It's not a lobby group. It's, is it a support network? What is it? It's a membership organization. So we're formerly known as the Christian Socialist Movement. And we were set up in 1960. 
And uh, we're actually an affiliate of the Labour Party. We've been an affiliate since 1988. So we are a collection of left-leaning Christians. And I often describe us as a broad church within a broad church, because not only do we have all shades of red, but we've also got a little bit of yellow and green in there as well. And we've got every church background going. So we've got everything from Black Pentecostal, we've got Anglicans, Catholics, Quakers, the lot. So we are an interesting mix. And because we are an affiliate of the Labour Party, I would also describe us as a bridge between the Labour Party and the UK church. So we are well and truly at the table. So we're able to advise the Labour Party, their MPs, the leaders office on various aspects of the church. But for Christians on left, we have about two and a half thousand members and we gather, inspire, you know, support and resource those Christians. So, yeah. And you mentioned yellow and green. So for our non-UK listeners, that would be the Liberal Democrats and the Green Party. Yeah, we've got a few Lib Dems in there, Green Parties and uh, SNP. We've got some Social Democrats. I'm discovering new members every day. And then also we have members who, you know, they probably float around the left. So they're not, you know, members of a political party, but they would describe themselves as left-leaning. Now, I definitely want to talk about these sort of left-wing type leanings and things in a bit but before that I mean what about you you did you grow up were you born a left-wing Christian socialist or what was your story Lee where did you my story uh I come from a council estate in Sheffield Uh, my dad Gary was a bin man and my mum Janet was a school cleaner and I uh, from our council house we could hear the church bells on a Sunday morning well I say church bells it was just one bell I'm thinking so working class Sheffield I'm thinking full Monty is a little bit yeah 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 so get people to go watch the full Monty great sense of community and we slightly rough around the edges and uh, from our house we could hear the church bell I thank God for that church warden who faithfully (laughs) did the bell (laughs) every Sunday because as a nine-year-old I suddenly announced to my non-Christian parents I would like to go to church and uh, mum found out about the Sunday school which was called the Sunday gang which is a very 80s kind of Sunday school name and so I dragged my younger sister Alison to church and uh, later that year we were in the nativity play I uh, you can tell how big the Sunday school was because my part was I was the helper of the king so I was the one carrying the gold up (laughs) you have to to make up roles for every kid right yeah I I, I think I've been most things in the nativity I haven't been a sheep or a three but that was my role and mum came to watch us and something stirred within her heart because she used to go to Sunday school as a child and she started going to church you know so that's over 40 years ago so that's my upbringing not political as such I've always been left-leaning you know we we, uh, affectionately call ourselves the People's Republic of South Yorkshire we tend to be very red very labour very left-leaning so that's my upbringing and but I guess those political stirrings really started when I was a church leader I was a church leader in a large Pentecostal church in Sheffield and I was in charge of all the community projects and we had a 
indoor play centre, nursery, refuge, ESOL college, all sorts of things. And we had a food bank. And one day we received a phone call that I would say changed my life. And it was from a health professional. And she said, Lou, I've got this client and she needs a food parcel. And I said, no problem, no problem. My volunteers are in tomorrow. We'll deliver a food parcel to her. And she said, Lou, you don't understand. This woman's got no food whatsoever. You're bringing her next meal. And I said, okay, no problem. I'm on my way. Except I did have a problem in that I was heavily pregnant at the time. So I couldn't literally, I couldn't physically pick up the food. So I nabbed my receptionist, Lisa, and I said, Lisa, I drive, you carry. And so that was the deal. And we rocked up to this three-story house in Sheffield, knocked on the door, and this little woman appeared. And two things were very apparent. She couldn't speak a word of English, and she was doubled over in pain. So we knew that we couldn't, you know, just hand her this big box of food. So we kind of motioned that we would come inside. We went up some flight of stairs and now we're in this woman's attic bedroom. There's a single bed, there's a camping stove on which she's cooking on and a black bag, which I would assume has got her belongings in. We give her the food, we're just about to leave when I notice out the corner of my eye that something's moving on the bed. I thought, oh my word, it's a rat, it's a rat. Took a second look and it was a newborn baby. Lisa and I, we walked down the, the flights of stairs. We're now on the pavement outside the house. And we just started sobbing. I think that God really broke our hearts for the poor. And then I uttered a prayer. And it's probably the daftest prayer I've ever prayed. But I said these words. I said, God, I've had enough of this. I've had enough. I feel as though I'm putting a plaster on a gaping wound. I want to change the system. If it's your will. Let me be an influence to the influencers. And I think God went, yeah, okay, <laughs> let's do that. And so this really strange thing started to happen in the life of church. We would get a visiting guest speaker. They would, uh, and in my church on a Sunday morning, probably about 500 people, and they would stop mid-sermon. They would point to me and say, oh, do you know, I've got an unusual word for you. Uh-huh. And the first, and the word would be, politics so the first time it happened it was like you what that is as random as you know if God was going to choose someone it definitely wouldn't be me but it happened maybe about four or five times and it was they would point to me so I've got unusual word and this point the congregation is all going it's politics <laughs> not <laughs> so unusual yeah not so unusual and so we knew that this was the trajectory trajectory that I was heading in and so nine years ago we decided to sell our church building of which I was in charge and my senior leader said to me Lou you can either come on this journey with us and set up all the community projects or I'm wondering whether this is a time for you to step out into the political arena and I just felt the Holy Spirit say yes and so that's what I did I left full-time church ministry left my job and started rocking up to uh, Labour Party meetings. Now, I'd only been a member of the Labour Party for about a couple of months by then. If I had been to a Labour Party meeting, I probably would have said, no, you're all right. I'll stay where I am. I'll do the church thing. <laughs> and I always remember that first time of walking into the room of a Labour Party meeting and it all kind of stopped. 
and they all stared at me and I thought oh this is as awkward as but I just knew that I would have to be obedient to the call of God and there was a quick acceleration through the party you know I had a bit of leadership about me I was young and enthusiastic and a little bit naive it's a good combination and I was selected to stand in the local elections in Sheffield in 2015. And I really felt as though God was saying you know, to give up my full-time job. At that stage, I was um, working at the local radio station here in Sheffield. So I put in my notice and I started campaigning full-time. At that same time, my husband lost his job. So now we're living off child benefit. But it was okay because every day I was opening the word, I was receiving scriptures of encouragement, and it was just a great season of daily experiencing God's presence and pleasure. So I went into that election day knowing that victory was mine. And then I lost the election. And I remember being at the election count. It was at the Sheffield Institute of Sport, and I'm in the ladies' lose. And honestly, Stephen, I'm having the meltdown of all meltdowns, you know, tears, snot, mascara down to my toes. And I'm having it out with God. I'm like, what on earth is happening? I don't have to draw these words. Come on. Did you see me leave church ministry? Did you see me leave my job? What is going on? And then in the midst of all the, you know, the tears of snot and the mascara down to my toes, God said, oh, Luke, this is not how it ends. This is not the end of the story. And so even though the temptation was to feel sorry for myself and to, you know, just sit on the sofa eating a packet of hobnob biscuits, you know, I decided I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep showing up. And uh, I became the chair of my local party, which was great. And I also got a job um, with my local MP, Paul Blomfield in Sheffield Central. I was his caseworker which was a great learning uh, step of what an MP does and what the political system looks like. And throughout all that time, I'd been a member of Christians on the Left, and they did this leadership program. And I really felt as though God said, Lou, it's time to go again. It's time to go again. And I had to make a choice there, Stephen. I thought, right, I'm just going to have to let the disappointment go, and I'm going to keep going. And it was... I, I remember I was in Bristol on this leadership program and we're doing a brainstorming exercise of all the different ways that you can be influential in the Labour Party. And in this brainstorming exercise, I really felt as though God was saying, Lou, elected office isn't what I have for you, but I've got something unique, something that's going to take that 20 years of church ministry experience and your passion for politics. And at the time, I thought, oh, my word, that is so niche. That is really niche. There's only one person I know who's doing that. That's Andy Flanagan, who's the leader of uh, Christians on the left, and he's not going anywhere. But it was such a strong conviction that I just kept declaring it publicly. So when people were asking me about my non-existent political career, I kept saying, God's got something unique for me. And then sure enough, I was in my lounge room here in Sheffield, in my little house here, And I think it was about three months later, uh, after the break, I received an email from Andy. He'd written to all the members. And as I'm reading this email, I'm thinking, gosh, this is a really unusual email. It sounds as though Andy's going to step down. But of course, Andy's not going to step down. 
And uh, sure enough, in the final paragraph, it says, and after nine years, I feel as though God's moving me on. Now, the email literally took my breath away. And I went like this. I went, <gasps> and I said out loud, this is it. Although I was the only person in the house. Anyway, later, I showed the email to my husband, Chris. And I said, what do you think? And he said, Lou, this is perfect. And I went, I know, I know. I said, but Chris, it's in London. And he goes, I know. I said, Chris has got two kids and a hamster. He said, Lou, I know you're going to have to apply for this job. And so I applied for a job. And I always remember my first interview. And that was at Wesley's Chapel in Shoreditch. And I'd, you know, pop down on the train from Sheffield and arrived there early. And I'm sat in the pews uh, waiting for my interviewer to arrive. And I thought, you know, I think because I was on a pew, I thought I'm going to kneel down and pray. And they've got those like embroidered kneelers. So I, I knelt there and I remember the prayer because I said these words. I went, God, you've got my yes. Because I knew, I knew that it was a massive sacrifice. I knew that I would be spending half of my year away from Chris and the kids. And I went, God, you've got my yes. Wherever, whenever, you've got my yes. And I think there, I was just almost dismantling my own empire brick by brick I was surrendering it all and saying God this is all of yours so then I had my second interview in parliament and I came outside afterwards and I rang Chris and he said what do you reckon and I said well if they can get their heads around the fact that a woman's you know that I'm a woman because no woman's ever led this thing that I live in the north of England and I'm a raving Pentecostal then this job's mine and uh, sure enough it was the eve of the Labour Party conference in 2017. I discovered that I was the new director. So I've been in post just for over four years now. So it, I always have to pinch myself, to be honest. You know, like, it can only be God who's put me here. Because I often wonder how, you know, he's taken this little girl from the council estate and now I'm on the parliamentary estate. And there's often times I, I wish I had a time machine and I could go back to those ladies lose on the night of my election failure and just say, Lou, it's going to be all right. It's going to be OK. And so I'm just really encouraged that just what God can do, that he can put that small stirring, he can put that small word in your heart. And if you take those steps of obedience, it's amazing where you know God takes you. And I think I am living the fulfillment of that prayer that I you know that I am being an influence to the influencer so my my day-to-day -day is coming alongside MPs bringing pastoral, pastoral care speaking truth to power having meetings with Keir Starmer and you know we also have the privilege uh, our organization of running the church service at the Labour Party conference which the leader attends okay it's the greatest privilege so yeah it's good that's and are, story. <laughs> are you primarily, I mean, the day-to-day, -day, you mentioned day-to-day -day work. So talk us through a little bit about what, what kind of roles and responsibilities have you got? Are you working with MPs? Are you working with activists or, or with the public? A, a mixed bag, a okay. mixed bag. So if I'm down in London, I would cram as many meetings into that time as possible. Mm -hmm. So I might be meeting with uh, Labour MPs, Christian or non-Christian, and the MPs use me as a bit of a safe space. You know, I think it's God taking that pastoral experience of being a church leader. Nothing's wasted, is it? 
And so there are times when MPs will come to me where they're, where, you know, where they're feeling discouraged or they could, you know, just want me to pray with them. So I go into Parliament to pray with MPs. I'm also meeting Christian activists, uh, finding out what God's placed on their heart, what their organisations are doing and introducing them to the political movers and shakers. So just last week, CAFOD, which is the Catholic aid agency, they're wanting to, they've got a campaign about, you know, businesses, particularly in the developing world, acting, you know, justly and not causing economic or climate damage. And so our church groups and, and Christian organizations feeding into uh, policy as well. Also, my role is encouraging people to stand for election. I want as many Christians to, who feel the call of God into politics to enable them to do that. So we have a leadership program and we've got a counsellors network. So it's encouraging those people in elected office. It's uh, equipping, resourcing. It's uh, this morning, I was up early, we led a prayer breakfast. And, you know, because Christians on the left, they occupy a niche area in politics. They're, they're probably the only people in the nation who, re who regularly gather to pray for, you know, the Labour Party and, you know, the political left. And so that is a responsibility as well and then also you know we do lots of sessions for our members nationwide it might be theology it might be panel discussions we do a summer school we have policy forums as well because as part of our role within the Labour Party we could submit policy you know for it to become Labour Party policy so yeah lots lots of busy things are what we're doing and then you know Every so often I get to preach, which is great. So next next month I'm preaching in Parliament at their church service, which is a cross-party service. And also Christians on the left comes under the umbrella of Christians in politics. So I'm often sharing the pl platform with my counterparts from the Conservative Party and the Lib Dem Christian Forum, encouraging Christians to take a step into that political space. How does it work? Because you know, you've got a party or a ideology affiliation. How does that work, the relationship with other, with conservative Christians? Yeah, or... yeah, it's, it's a good one. I think that um, the mantra of Christians in politics is kingdom is Lord, right? You know, you are my brother or sister in Christ before, you know, before our political allegiance. And so I often have meetings with my... Uh, with my Christian counterparts from other political parties and speaking to their lives as well, you know, because I don't think that the left has the monopoly on what God wants to say to the political sphere. And so, you know, it's coming together. We all bring those different flavors. And I would hope that we are an encouragement to, to the other political parties to, you know, for the Christians within those parties to be influencing policy in their realm. Because it's so, you know, like we're an affiliate of the Labour Party, but it's, it can be quite a frustrating part, place to be because we're in opposition. And so we need our Christians in the Conservative Party to be influencing policy there because it's the government who will bring about change at that level. 
we can bring about so much change, but we need Christians in all parties. And so I would hope with this podcast that, yes, we want more Christians to be involved in the political left, but my heart is that I want Christians in the Conservative Party and Lib Dem and the SNP and the Green, because, you know, you know, Matthew 5 tells us that we're salt and light, you know, and God's called me to be light within, you know, the left, but we need light, you know, in, in all the different parties and, and that's how we'll see a Christian influence as well but yeah I really value my brothers and sisters in the other parties as well because you know I might not necessarily agree with them but they certainly challenge my thinking and I'm a better Christian and I'm a better political activist for knowing them so I'm incredibly grateful for them. I well, I often get I, I want to talk about politics going to politics more generally and then I want to talk about the left and socialism yeah, yeah. but in terms of politics, I get one of the questions I get like so often is, is it should I go into politics or, you know, is can Christians go into politics like that's that just seems to be the constant question. So you've clearly answered the yes to that question. What what do you say to young people or to people considering changing careers or coming into party politics? Like what what role do you think that Christians have in that world? I, I would encourage as many Christians who have that stirring to explore that call because we definitely need a Christian influence within the realm of politics. You know, I don't want to gloss it over, Stephen, and pretend that it's a bed of roses. It can be times where I'm thinking, God, what am I doing in this yeah. space? What are but, what are some of the tensions there? I mean, because I feel like it can be quite corrosive to to people often that that system, the party system. Yeah, it can be. It can be. And, you know, you when you join a political party, you are not saying I agree with everything about that party, because I don't think there is a perfect party. You know, if there was a perfect party, I would be the leader of it. You know what I mean? But there is no, you know, the Labour Party, there are, I find tensions with that. But I see it's my mission field. That's where God's called me to be salt and light. And, and there are times within politics that it will feel dark. But, you know, from the light of the world, the darker it gets, the brighter I shine. You cannot be the light of the world in a light place. It's got to be dark. And I would hope that I would be a person who wouldn't stay comfortable. You know, comfortable for me would have been in church ministry, it's it's a natural fit for me. It is uncomfortable for me to be in politics, but I want to be in the center of God's will. And I think that sometimes when we think about ministry, we think that ministry just happens, you know, within the realms of the four walls of the church. But in fact, our ministry fields are everywhere. God wants Christians in politics. He wants Christians in the education and the, the health system and in the business sector. And I think for me, it's taking that expectation off people. I think for young people particularly, yes, get involved, be a political uh, activist. However, what I would say, although, you know, from guidance from God, they've always got to hear from God, is don't rush into it. There's other things of life that you need to experience because that's what you bring to the political table. So I haven't come straight out of university into parliament. You know, I've lived a good, you know, 30 years doing other things, you know, whether it is in business or social enterprises in the church and 
you know, in all sorts of different things. And that's what I bring to the table. And so that's what's exciting. You know, I'm a Northern woman. I come from a working class background. I'm a Christian and I bring all of this to the political table. And that's how I speak. But we don't need clones of Louise's. We need people from all sectors of societies. We need the single mums. We need, you know, we, we need the retired people. We need, we need the students to come and, and have a confidence in what God's, you know, given them to say. And for no comparison to other people, that's what I would say to young people. You know, God's created us uniquely and that's what we need to bring to the table. So if you think about my predecessors, of uh, Christians on the left, oh my word, it's quite the alumni, you know, we've got theologians, we've got priests, we've got authors, we've even got a song singer-songwriter in there, and I'm none of them, I'm none of them, and so it would be very easy for me to come into this political space and feel quite intimidated by it, but I just feel as though God's given me the permission to be me, you know, you know, a woman full of, you know, God's spirit walking through the corridors of power is, is enough. And, and I think that's what I want for Christians, because I think sometimes you feel as though you've got to have this political knowledge and you've got to have this, you know, faith knowledge to be able to thrive in this environment. When God says, no, just take that step of obedience. I will equip you and anoint you for the task at hand. I think another top tip I would say is know who you are in God. You know, know who you are in God before you step into the political field, because you'll have lots of voices telling you what you should be doing and who you are. But, you know, it's all good and well, but I want to, but I'm who God says I am. And I, there, there needs to be a confidence. Also, I would say get your foundations right if you're thinking about going to politics. Make sure that you know, you're going to church on a regular basis, that you, you are fellowshipping with other people in your small groups, that you're reading the word, that you're praying, because those are the foundations that you can build on in your political career. Otherwise, you know, when the shaking comes, and there's always a drama in politics, there's always something that will shake you. But if you've got your foundations right, then you're not easily shaken, and you're not taken out, and you've got something if for any young people come come and also there's lots of internship programs that you can get involved in get some work experience with MPs it'll give you a flavor and also you know if you feel that political calling then you definitely need to join a, a political party you know I think for me that was for me that was key Stephen it was absolutely key and I think once I joined the Labour Party it was like God said finally let's get some stuff done so tell, what is it about the Labour Party or the left that that drew you there? I mean, why, why did the young Lou Davis not walk into the Tory, Okay, the Young uh, Conservative Association? Yeah. Why was it the Labour that, you, that drew pragmatically, you? Yeah. Pragmatically, if you're a Tory in, the, in Sheffield, in Sheffield yeah, right. you're a Billy No Mates. You know, there's not much happening. I yeah. think that we've had our first Conservative councillor elected for, I think, for 20 years in Sheffield. For me, I think it is that working class background as well you know my mum and dad you know they wouldn't dream of voting for anybody else you know they're labour through and through so that's my background also as a as a teen I was a member of an, an organisation called the Woodcraft Folk which is born out of the cooperative movement and again I was you know I was learning about you know 
ethical things and climate and stuff in my early you know in my early tweens really you know I'm just throwing the aerosols out before they even were an issue you know and so I think for me that, that that's where I am also when I was felt this political stirring I met with lots of different politicians I approached councillors from across the parties in Sheffield and I said can I take you out for a coffee and so I met with quite a few Lib Dems met quite a few uh Labour uh you know councillors and ask them what it's like how do you do it you know and, they, and none of them were Christian either it was just like how do you do this what what's it involved what do you believe in and so you know just looking at the lives and the policies that were coming through it was very clear that I was left-leaning but again I think a lot of that's got to do with my background and through doing a little bit of a research as well within Sheffield politics I mean, maybe in Sheffield, but I think nationally speaking, it's probably fair to say not a lot of Pentecost Pentecostals tend towards more the right, the conservative end of things. Yeah, you, you're totally right. You are totally right. I think for me, my social action has taken me to a place of social justice. And so as a Pentecostal within the left, that is quite an interesting that is a quite an interesting scenario because I do come from what you would call an orthodox theology. So some of the things which would be perfectly normal within the left, I would probably probably wouldn't lend myself to it as much. But for me, in, when you talk about Christian socialism, you know, about narrowing that gap between the rich and the poor, and for, for that cooperation of the brotherhood of man, that those are my core political beliefs. But as I said, no, no political party is going to tick all your boxes. And, and like, you know, even like how we treat migrants, I would say that is very much an issue for the left. Um, climate crisis, something that I'm very passionate about, again, an issue for the left. But I could under, I could perfectly understand why Christians would vote conservative as well. What kind of stuff would you like to see change in the way that the the Christians or the the church approaches politics? Like what are, what are the some of the what are some of the things that you know now that you wish you knew then? Oh gosh, there's loads. Um, I think I would like I I would like churches to be more informed about what they're praying for. So I don't think that it's good enough for a church to be saying, oh, we're going to pray for our MP and councillors. I think that churches should be developing relationships with those MPs, with the councillors, with the movers and shakers within their, you know, their village, town, city, wherever they live. And so it is a genuine relationship. So you know, at the end of every conversation that I have with a politician or an activist, I ask this one question. I say, how can I pray for you in this season, right? Because I want to know what they're praying for. Now, most politicians, they, they, they say something daft, like uh, world peace or Brexit. And I go, well, I am praying for those things. Who am I praying for? And so I find that I am praying for MPs' teenage sons. I'm praying for their sick mothers. I, you know, and it's a really personal space. And so I think that Christians should be, instead of just praying at people, 
you know, it's praying for and with people and getting to develop that relationship. It's inviting the politicians into their church space. They look at all the fabulous work that we're doing because politicians, they're woefully, you know, unknowledgeable about what's actually happening in a church. You know, other than a food bank, they don't have a clue. So invite them to your parent and toddler's group. Invite them to your night shelter and your education classes. I think also it's, it's about the topics that we preach from in the pulpit. You know, it's let, let us preach about social justice. Let us preach about God's heart for the poor. Let's preach about what, how God feels about the immigrant. You know, it's, it's let compassion and mercy flow through those preachers and let you know, there's a call, there's a call for Christians to be involved in our social action project, but also to, we've been given a voice, and I feel that sometimes that the church is quiet because it doesn't want to offend and it doesn't want to, you know, intervene, but the church has a place to speak yeah, up for the most neutral. vulnerable in society, you know, we're yeah. not you know, we're, the, we're at the, the, the front of this. We're the ones who are dealing with, you know, the food bank clients or the homeless. We have got a lot to say on this subject. So we shouldn't be shying away, but we should be getting to the table. And to get into the table, we need to get involved in politics, you know. And for some of us, we're very happy to, you know, sign a petition, you know, or send a postcard. But sometimes we need a little bit more than that. Because if you join a political party, you get to, you know, you get to sit at the table. I, I was thinking, I was, I was going to ask you, like, what do MPs need at a real practical level? They don't need yet another pre-printed postcard complaining no. about something. No, so what they do they do actually not. need? Like, what, okay. how, could, how could Christians serve their yeah. MP and their system? Yeah, okay. Let me tell you what happens with those postcards. Yeah. Uh, an MP will get quite a few of them and they will go in a pile and they will do a response and it will be sent out to everyone who sends that postcard however if you send a letter and you put a little bit of a story in there and why you're passionate you're going to get more of an informed you know response from them MPs do lots of different things so if you've got an issue uh, it might be with immigration it could be with housing in your life then you can you know ask for an mp to advocate for you so they will write to the minister they will uh push their own party and the government for change also you can push your mp for for policy as well saying this is an issue that's important to me and i would like you to take that to parliament and be my representative but i think mps what they really need is encouragement encouragement after looking at an mp's inbox there's never encouragement there's never the email just to say oh i'm thinking about you thank you for the sacrifice that you you do because i think that the notion is that you know mps don't do anything and it's honestly it's so untrue you'll see it on facebook all the time Stephen. you'll see a picture of the empty chamber yeah and where are the MPs? Right, right, Where right. are they? What they're doing? They're all getting drunk in the bars, but that's not the truth at all. So an MP, right, 
this is how they would normally operate. They'd either come down from all parts of the UK. Can imagine if you're an MP in Scotland, catching a plane or going on the train. You come, you're leaving your family. You get arriving at Monday, and you're there in London for four days until Thursday. The Friday, you're in your constituency back in back home, wherever you know that that's where you represent. And then Saturday and Sunday is probably full of events too. They're speaking in debates. They're dealing with casework, they're on committees, they're meeting with constituents. Honestly, a calendar, and then there'll be speaking events, a calendar diary for an MP. It's wild. There's no space in there whatsoever. So a lot of MPs that I come across for, they are fighting for their constituents and they are tired, they are discouraged. And can you imagine what it would mean to them if they got an email or a card? A card is a beautiful thing saying well done thank you how can i pray for you yeah right and and i find that all the time you know um we do the church service with um the the labor leader so i've done them with jeremy and i've done what jeremy corbyn and now i've done one with Keir Starmer. and you know they do their political speech they're just about to sit down and then i will stand up and i'll go wait a minute wait a minute and i always give them a gift a little gift It'll be like a, a book or something. And then I'll give them a card, which I'll have put a scripture in. But I'll say these words to them. And I'll say to them, um, just to let you know that we're praying for you on a regular basis for you. And then I'll name the family members as well. And, you know, that we believe in you and that we're cheering you on all the way. And I have never experienced where they go, oh, thank you. Yeah, you, you can see that there's a real tenderness within them because someone showing care to them is something. And also that also brings me on to another point in sometimes my interaction with MPs, you know, and politicians, right? They, they always do this thing, Stephen, it's hilarious. So at some point in the conversation, they'll go, how can I help? Right, this is what, how can I help? And I often say, oh, I'm not here, I don't need your help. Yeah, right. I'm here to encourage you. And I'm they're always, people always just want them to do oh, something whoa, for them. Whoa, whoa. You know, it's like a little ATM. Yeah. Give me stuff, give me stuff, give me yeah. stuff. So yeah. if you can go to your uh, MP and say, I want to help you. How can yeah, my right. church help you deliver social justice in your community? How can we help you personally to flourish in your role? What can we do? Honestly, it is it is pure gold in a relationship. And so when, you know, if that MP is wanting advice on how to interact with the faith community, who will they go to? They're going to go to the person who is encouraging. Doesn't mean that, you know, everything's got to be rosy, but we have to be a critical friend, but erring on the side of friendship. A friendship, and, yeah. And they will really love that and they'll yeah. appreciate that. And, you know, just then, you know, ever so often pop into the constituency office with some cake or something. You know, that's what I often do with Keir and Jeremy's team when he was a leader. I just pop up to the leader's office with loads of cupcakes and a little card saying, we're thinking about you, we're praying for you. And uh, lovely. And, and it's amazing uh, yeah. what that can do because it doesn't have to be completely transactional all the time. It can be relationship. It can be that we have this opportunity to show care and God's love to people. So yeah, yeah. that's what the church can be doing. And that's, that's what an MP does thing. as well. Yeah, it's, it's treating them as humans. And yeah. I think sometimes we treat people because we see them in the news. 
we think they're like Teflon, you know, you can throw anything at her and it just throws, yeah. you know, you know, it just glides off them. But I feel the MPs are in tears because, you know, they've had an onslaught on social yeah. media. Yeah. And, yeah. and what I've noticed as well, there is a big difference between criticism and praise. So when we criticize people, we're very detailed. We will tell a person why they've upset us, why they have not met our expectation. But right. with praise, we tend to be very vague and we say, yeah. oh, well done. And we need to tell people why. Why yeah. is it a well done? You know, well done That's for standing good. up for That's me good. in this area. Thank you for, for, you know, the journey down to London every week. And we yeah. appreciate you. And yeah. yeah, so critical friend, but err on the side of friendship. I once saw Diane Abbott just on the street. She was leaning against a wall. She was just slumped and she was so tired. And I think it was during some time she was being beaten up in the press or something. And, yeah. I, and it's a real regret that I didn't stop because I was shy because I just like, oh, I have nothing to say to Diane Abbott. But now I, I always think I should have just stopped and encouraged her and just said, yeah, and, going well and, and that, that's what we do, you yeah. know. Even now, I'm, I'm on my kitchen table, I've got a, a card to send to an MP. I don't know this MP. I don't know them. But yeah. God's put me on, you know, God's put them on my heart. So I'm yeah. going to send them an encouraging yeah. card. It just is so much more than just criticism or complaint exactly. or lobbying. The, the, the relationships with MPs well, so much more. Well, church was like that, if that's all you ever brought. <laughs> well, exactly. Exactly. No. No, I, I, you know, this is our opportunity to manifest the fruits of the spirit. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and that's how we're salt and light, isn't it? I mean, where could somebody go if they wanted to get more information about you or, or, or the Christians on the left? What, what kind of places would you send people yeah, to? Yeah, I would send people to um, our website, just Google Christians on the left. Uh, we also have quite a a good space on Twitter. We are okay. at CHR left and you'll see us tweeting and praying for things. Also, you know, you can uh, join our bulletin list. So if you want to receive um, information, we, we post a few articles on there and we yeah. invite you to some of our events. Our next event is called the Tawny Dialogue, which is at Westminster Central Hall in March. And we that's where we get a front bench politician. We've got Jonathan Ashworth, who's the Shadow Secretary of State for Work and Pensions, and the theologian Floa Taylor. And they're going to be talking about faith in the welfare state. So you're more than welcome to join us. And also we're a membership organization, so you can join us. I think it's about £3.50 a month. And okay. we'll invite you to prayer meetings, theology sessions with Dr. Stephen Buckner. I, I sometimes see. I'm not a. I'm not a paid out party member. Maybe I should no. become one now. But I'm not a. I'm not a partisan person. But I do find that. Uh, I do find that left wing Christians are trying to be more constructive. I, I'm drawn to the left. A lot of the, the, the. It's an attempt to try and solve some of the problems or think through Christianly. Whereas I find a lot of people on the right are more kind of complaining and I don't know. I don't, it might be a complete. <laughs> Stereotype. I don't try to mix with Christians on the right that much, yeah. but yeah, I think, I think, I, I think my my circle would be very constructive. Yeah, trying yeah. to take the gospel message into the heart of Parliament. I think that is that's a very good description. Of yeah, well, I, I'm enjoying to do. I'm enjoying getting to know your group, and I uh, uh, I look forward to seeing you again. But uh, thank you, Stephen. Well, I'll great. leave you to enjoy Sheffield. 
Oh, thank you. It's very dull and miserable, but I do enjoy it. I'm a Sheffield lass. <laughs> oh, it's so nice to talk to you, Lou. Thank you for spending your time with us. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Go well. Thank you for listening. Thanks to David Backhouse for the theme tune and to Chris Marchand for editing and all the other music. This show only exists because of support from listeners like you. If you have found something we made to be useful, please consider becoming a patron at the Tent Talks Patreon page or leave a good review on whichever podcast platform you use to listen. This really helps. For more information, visit www.tenttheology.com.